Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I get nothing in my head. Sometimes that's our best shows. Good. Sometimes they aren't. <laughs> Let's find out. This is Pet Sunday School. See, it starts just like that. Here we go. Welcome to Pet Sunday School, broadcasting live from Show Creator Studios South. Today, it's me, Pet Major Dragon. Filling in for Matt Donnelly. And we're going to talk about things that we make up. Now, your host, Bridging Love, is Pendula. Perfect. Not bad, right? Really not bad at all. Here we are, Preaching Love. I was trying to tell you, Pip, before we started, you're used to all this jive-ass stuff we do where we stop for commercials, then pretend it's two shows or it's really one. Right. All that's over. We're in season two. We did 968 shows <laughs> in season one. Now we're in the second show of season two. And season two is just you and I looking at each other. Yeah, pretty much. For pretty 45 much. minutes. So you, you're you getting a voice like me. You're getting to be a uh, the, the professional carny shit. I believe so, yeah. And we're the same voice doctor. Uh-huh. He, he turns out voices just like this. Right, it? right, right. He puts the, th the camera down in yeah. your, your nose and you gag all over him. Do you like that? No, you gag all over him. Yeah. And um, then he goes, yeah, everything everything seems fine. Mm -hmm. You know, try some vocal therapy. Yeah. And he gave me some, like, some uh, medicine to keep my mouth moist at all times. Uh, is, that what, is that what he calls having you suck his dick? Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of lets me go and says, come back in three months and see how it is. Yeah. And I come back and I'm like, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, see, my damage was uh, was done way before. And I arrived at the desert and the desert just kind of cemented the damage. Right. But this is coming from foggy London town. I don't know. No, it started, I'm taking a medicine that dries out my throat. Ah, oh, I see. So, so they think it's from that. Yeah. But it's also the desert doesn't help. Certainly not assisting. No. <laughs> it's certainly not like, oh, you're taking a dry medicine. Here we go. We'll just rain into your mouth for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's not helping. Isn't it normally like rain season now? I don't know. What would I know about weather? Ready, Rich? Is it rainy season now? I'm an indoor cat. We don't know weather. Editor's note, it stormed later that night. I just thought, you know, having lived here twice as long as I've been yeah. here. You would nail it, but no. Longer than twice as long, right? I've been here, it'll be 10 years in November. Yeah, it'll be 30 years for me. So, yeah, twice as long. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost, to the, almost to the day. <laughs> almost to the day. 10 years you've been here? Yeah. Boy, time flies. What by. have I been doing? Not much. Yeah. Well, yeah. you've got, you got the Fifth the Magic Dragon Theater. Yes. Then you moved out of that. <laughs> yeah, moved out of that. And now you're in the uh, big place at the Flamingo. Yeah, we're in the old... Donnie Marie showroom, the big theater, the big stage with the big tricks and the... Getting a, getting a few folks coming in? Yeah, yeah. 
Now, um, uh, I haven't seen your show in a while, and there's a lot of new stuff that I haven't seen, right? Because now Mock says you fly in with wings. Yeah, that's true. You fly in. Yeah. I saw like the last show before you flew in. Yeah, and uh, yes, there's a couple of new things. There's a couple of like evolutions on stuff, which really, which have really annoyed me, honestly. The the new parts have annoyed you. Well, we've been doing this thing for the past two years where I say I got a letter from a fan and the letter is allegedly from a, a kid called yeah. Jimmy yeah. and he's a poor orphan child and his one dream is to come to see Piff's Manor Dragon in Las Vegas. But unfortunately, he's broke, so he can't be here. Just, I kind of know uh, who that's a parody of, but right. go on. Right. So I said it's just as well because he sounds like a real bummer. So we've recast the kid and we say, what's your name? And he says, Jimmy, where's your... How old are you? 12. Who are you here with? And if he says his family, I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) they're all all dead, buddy. (laughs) Um, So he comes on stage. And for the last two years, two years, we've been doing a trick. We give him a deck of cards to shuffle. Brand new deck. Shuffles the cards up. Seven people come to the microphone, name playing cards. They're displayed on the screen. He then names a playing card while he's shuffling. I say, okay, great. I show my hands empty, pick up the cards, and I find four of the playing cards. Then the dog finds a playing card. Then Jimmy finds two playing cards, and then he's going to find the last playing card, and he's going to do it by biting out of the air like a shark. Mm-hmm. So on the last playing card, he bites out of the air, but he misses the card, and I start clapping him, and I say, oh, my God, this is incredible. See, night after night, I'm watching children leap like salmon from this stall, snatching cards out of the air with their teeth and all of a sudden the kid comes along rips up the rule books, changes the game Jimmy just swallowed that card hole uh-huh. right now there's a card in your stomach and I get him to squeeze his little fist together come on you gotta get out of there buddy, squeeze, 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 squeeze and he stands up and the card's underneath him and I go oh my god Jimmy shit the card and I didn't. I didn't see that ending when I saw it. No, you didn't. You didn't see that ending, right? And then the audience goes crazy for that bit. I cut the music, and there's always like one guy in the audience who's a cynic. I like name as like, you know, the cynic who 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 doesn't believe in what I'm doing. I'm like, if you got a problem with this, a child just shit a card. I, but I get it actually. On this occasion, I get it. How does that help him? He's still a poor orphan boy. So I say, hey pick up the card and in the old version it was just a named card you couldn't name any card so was there any reason you chose that card you couldn't name any card he tears the card and inside is the money that I may disappear at the beginning of the show from like my nemesis so I have all these characters that I set up <laughs> in the show so my nemesis so it's like you know two piff love from my nemesis and I said oh my god $20 and that is for you Jimmy and only a monster would ask a poor orphan child for their money back. Okay, so got some really great bits in it. But we had to cut it because the show was getting too long. Uh-huh. So we cut it, and then we were like, God, we're really missing, um, you know, the letter was really funny, uh, loading the calendar, the kid was funny, and the... Um, Is he sitting down? Is that the... Yeah, he's sitting down, yeah. And then the money out of the card and the only a poor... Only and you were, monster, you were peeling the card and putting the money in it? Well, we actually have a different way of doing that, okay. which you refuse to acknowledge on your show, uh-huh. Penn and Teller Fallers. Oh, I see, I see. Yes. That was a, 
Yeah, you were just like, I don't know, they're probably just like peeling the card open and putting the money in it, aren't they? No, we're doing a lot more than that, actually. But apparently, you just go, I don't know, they're probably just ripping it open somehow and licking it and putting it back together with their dragon sticky saliva. And everyone going, all right, fine. Okay, fine. You so we've us. been arguing about this for 13 years? No, this is a new, this is a new argument. Right, but it's, it, it, it is built on the other one. Uh, correct. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the resentment continues. Well, the, origi- the original argument was that you said that I fooled, on the, on the first episode, that you said that I fooled you, and I said I didn't. Uh-huh. That was our original argument for 10 years. <laughs> and in a bid to make peace, I came on your show to properly fool you, and we did the trip with the money in the card. You're like, I don't know. Yeah, he probably just like, opened it up, like rubbed it on his rubbed it on his eye juice, and just like you know, put put it under pressure for a few minutes. I said eye juice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But do you have a fullest trophy? I do. In, in in an effort to make peace. Yeah. Do I feel good about my fullest trophy? You don't feel good about it. Do I feel like I I deserve my fullest trophy? Do I feel like? Can't I, you say you got the fullest trophy for? The other ones that you thought you fooled us and we didn't think you did? Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm going to do. That's just, that has solved it. What's what? That has solved it. Yeah. I'm just going to claim that for uh, my 10-year anniversary appearance. Yeah. There you go. You solved it. So we were doing this. So we were doing this trip to cut it. And then, you know how it is when you're not doing anything for a month? You, you haven't been doing it. And it's like kicking around in your brain. And you're like, oh, I wish we could do that. And I was like, well, what if it's just like, blank cards or something or you know it's not a multiple selection trick so we came up with this new version of it right listen to this kid comes up names a playing card ask him if he wants to change his mind then I say do you have any playing cards he says no I whip out a deck of my playing uh, whip out a deck of playing cards get rid of the cellophane wrapper poof, make them vanish then I uh, tear open the cards take the advertising card boom 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 into the wing Next advertising card, boom, 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 into the wing. Then they say to the kid, all right, get your knife. You're going to cut the cards. And the kid's like, what? I said, get your knife. He's like, what? I said, I have to stop on the music. Get, get out of your knife. Where's your knife? Because I, I have a knife. You're a poor orphan child in Las Vegas, and you don't have a knife. What's <laughs> wrong with you? All right, you know what? Fine. I'll get on myself. So I go over to my case and up my case. And you go, oh, God, 10,000 spoons. <laughs> and in my case, it's just 10,000 spoons. So I have to rummage through all the spoons and finally find a knife. I go back to the kids like, right, now you have a knife. They say, right, I'm going to shuffle the cards. I'm going to drop them, and you're going to cut them wherever you want. So he cuts them. I say, what was the card you named? Five of clubs. Boom, five of clubs. Nice. Beginner's luck. Shuffle again. <laughs> this time he does blind for ice cold. Boom, five of clubs. Shuffle it again. This time, you know, once again, look through the cards. Look, look. Now I'm going to flip them upside down. Just anywhere you want, place the knife. That, that's the five of clubs, whatever the card is. And then three stars come up on the screen. Bing, bing, bing. Oh, my God. He's won the jackpot. Give it up for Jimmy. The jackpot is he gets to meet famous Las Vegas magician, Mr. Piffles. Mr. Piffles does a card trick. And then, and this is where the wording is not quite right yet. Then once Piffles goes away, I say, listen, buddy. It was your dream to come here and meet me. Name it Mr. Piffles. I'm going to make this even better. Do you know what um, exposure therapy is? <laughs> exposure therapy is when you're exposed to a traumatic event repeatedly so that you can desensitize yourself to it. 
what we're going to do is we're going to recreate that fateful day when uh, your whole family were eaten by sharks. <laughs> so I take his five of hearts and I say, how many of your family were eaten by sharks? He says five, whatever. So write number five on the playing card. What's your last name? He writes his last name. So you know, look, they're going to go back into the ocean. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. And um, this time you're going you're gonna to be the shark. You're going to be a nice shark. You're going to rewrite history. And you're going to bite the card out of the air, blah, blah, blah. The rest of the tricks are the same. Oh, yeah. It took took about five minutes off it, and it's a much better. Because I've done the multiple selection for years, and I do think it's one of those tricks that you go, oh, I, I don't know what else to do. We should just get a bunch of cards chosen. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's always how I felt. Like I've never gone, hey, you know what I want to do? The multiple selection. <laughs> you know, what the first idea on my list is multiple selection. It's always like I got nothing. Multiple selection. So that's a good little trick, but there's a possibility of doing it on TV soon. And I'm just wondering in these times how the audience is going to embrace a trick about a poor orphan child who turns it all around by rescuing his family as a shark. I have no sense. Shits out the cart. Shits out the cart. I have no sense of that whatsoever. Yeah, right. No sense at all. Yeah. Teller and I once did, uh, we thought this was a really good idea. Uh, and you can tell by the way I'm saying that, that it's not. Right. We uh, were doing street performing, right? Yeah. And we had people all around us. So we decided there were about 52 people that would always be in the front row. Okay. So we went around and got all 52 cards selected. <laughs> <laughs> and then And then gathered them all up, shuffled them, and then revealed all 52 cards in order to the right person. Oh, in order? To, to the right person. Yes. Not not in order. Not in not, not a new deck order, no. But not in the same order that you've given them out? No. In. No, just a random order. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we had all sorts of stuff. Like we had a, a card in our mouth and a card in our pocket, and we had a tattooed card on one arm, tattooed card on another arm, and we had like, oh, and under that rock, and we went around running around like crazy doing 52 uh, multiple card selections, 52, and, and return. And how long will you keep that in the act for? One show. <laughs> <laughs> you mean, give us some credit. We learn. Right. Yeah. It just, uh, it just uh, it's too many cards. <laughs> it's too many cards, and everyone used to like that trick, but they just didn't care about the finding of the cards. Mm. And you know, so we did the we. Was the, so I thought in my in my naivety that that was the problem, you know, that they were maybe he's got them somewhere. So we like we then remade the whole trick so it was super clean. Mm-hmm. That was not the problem. They just didn't care, <laughs> but they seem to care a lot more about this one. Yeah, good, 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 good. which is good. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I have stuff in my head that I think is so great, and then you get out there and other people don't agree with you. Right. And usually I just keep going. <laughs> have I told you about this, the Magic Square saga? Uh, well, I've heard it, but maybe the people listening haven't. There's a trick called the Magic Square. Right, that everybody wants to do something with. Right. It's a 4 by 4 grid. You fill it with 16 numbers. All of the rows, all of the columns, all of the diagonals, individual boxes, boxes that aren't connected to boxes, they all add up to one number. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's usually it's usually done as a mental trick. Yeah. 
And you can also do it as a magic trick. Yeah. And you can also do it with like, think of a number, and then you fill out the magic square. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the reveal of that. You can do it as, what's your birthday? And you can do a magic square for their birthday. All of these different things. So. It's better if you don't get one. It's better if you don't get one. Yeah. Yeah. One is not good. Yeah. <laughs> I was born January 1st, 2001. <laughs> do your magic square now, dragon boy. Well, you can actually do them. By subtracting. Right. Exactly. So I wanted to do a trick where I battled somebody to the death. Mm-hmm. And that's not normally how you get into magic square magic. <laughs> but this, I had this idea, I'm going to battle somebody to the death. That's going to be the end of the show. I thought, right, how can I battle somebody to the death? And uh, I went through a lot of ideas. And in the end, I decided it was by guessing a number they were thinking of. Mm-hmm. So... I got 16 people on stage who are the 16 people that I'd used all the way through the mm. show. I put them on stage. Somebody would think of a number, and then I would not guess it 16 times. So then I would die. Mm-hmm. They would be victorious, and they would tell me their number, and I would jump up from my, from my death. And I go, wait a minute, that's my lucky number. And then I prove it by adding up all the rows, blah, 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 blah. By each of the 16 people, four people at a time at the 16. Exactly. Point. Stand up row one. That's four people. They all end up, you know, sit down. Stand up row one. You know, all the diagonals, blah, blah, So, So it was fine. But then, then somebody said to me, you should uh, roll the number with dice. And they said, you can use Dungeons and Dragons dice. And I was like, wait a minute. Dungeons and Dragons dice add up to the number 150. Mm-hmm. So I worked with an expert on magic squares called Jim, and he made me squares from minus 19 all the way to 150. Mm-hmm. The nice thing was was that they weren't all in a cluster. It was like 42, 43, 44, 46, 47. They were all spread out through all the, all the um, tents. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this whole Dungeons and Dragons routine about it, and what was going to happen was I was going to give seven dice to each person and then we're going to roll the dice to choose a characteristic of their player. So Okay. So there are six And the audience is hearing all this and right. enjoying it. Right. So there is there for example, there were six classes of, of or not really, but I think there are more, but in my, my game there were six classes. So you rolled the six the number six dice to find out what that was. Now, the reason you're doing that is so that you can write that things down. Because mm-hmm. in a minute, I need to write something down which is supposed to be a secret, but I'm going to know it. And I need you to write it down, otherwise I don't know it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'm going to justify the... You've got to say, hey, write down one thing then. Because they're like, yeah, but I could remember that. You're like, well, you might not. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll write on my hand then. I don't do that. Write, write it on this thing I'm giving you. So they uh, rolled to figure out their, the type of hero they were, the weapon they had, and the weakness they had. Then they rolled to figure out the strength of the weapon and the strength of the weakness. And then they added that up together, and that gave them Dungeons & Dragons number. And I had to guess that number. And I, Tom and our team, went to a, a 3D designer and said, I need you to design a dice that goes up to 150. Mm-hmm. 
And Tom came up to me and said, right, they can do it, but it's going to be expensive. I said, okay, just get them to do it. So um, You like to spend money. Well, he came up with a dice that was £700. Dollars, $700. And I was like, mm, I think I care about how much it costs now. <laughs> and the other thing is, it's completely useless because you can't tell which way up it is. Right. Because it's got so many surfaces. Right, it's like a soccer ball. Right. You just say, I don't know, it could be, could be seven. <laughs> so I do this in, De in Denver. I walk on stage. I do the first half of my show. And I, as I'm about to say the first words of this trick, I realize in stone cold clarity all of the mistakes I've made. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. I see them. It's just like they just like reveal themselves to me. It's like, Wong. I see every single mistake. And I was right. I didn't miss a mistake. <laughs> every single mistake I saw in that moment. And it was a mistake. And they hate. And they just. So, and it, it, it took 45 minutes. So I go. 45 minutes? Yeah, that one trick. That's a long time. So I go, okay, well, that was terrible. So I'm never doing that trick again. And then somebody gives me an idea on the way back. They're like, well, you could just like roll all the dice together, you know, and then you get a number between one and 150. Like, oh my God, that's a great idea. And that could be their IQ level. So now I changed the name of the game to Dragons and Dummies. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be the dragon, and that makes you the... Dummy. No, what? no, you're my opponent. Why would you have such a low <laughs> estimation of yourself? <laughs> so I was like, okay, I had new energy. I was like, this is going to work. So we go in. And then the other thing was, I think like it's too difficult just having people stand up. So I wrote this QLab thing. Now you've been to our show. QLab is is the thing that makes all the graphics appear. Right. So I wrote, I wrote a script in QLab that you can type in any number and it will generate instantly gra like graphics for it will generate the magic square and it will highlight rows and diagonals and all this stuff. It took me like a month. So we go on the next one of dates. We go out. All right, I'm going to get people. Here's the deal. And this time I was like, just uh, choo, choo. But now it's a computer doing the punchline? Well, not officially. Okay. Not officially. Okay. So now. You said it's a graphic. Well, let me get there. Okay. Right. Okay. So now we get, you know, it's me and this person. We're, you know, we're going to play Dungeons and Dragons. Actually, we're not because uh, you can't play that without a license. So we're going to play a game I made up with Dragons and Dummies. Uh, all you need to do is choose a character. So now this time with the character, I got it down to the four greatest heroes in magic. Gandalf, uh, Harry Potter, uh, Doctor Strange. Except when Doctor Strange appears in his Marvel stuff, I say, oh, we can't use Doctor Strange because Marvel gave us a cease and desist. So we were like, there's a cloud goes over him and he changes into a PhD Doctor Strange with $139,000 of student debt to go with it. <laughs> And finally, the most magical of all, Magic Mike. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So then they get to just name a weapon and they get to name something they're afraid of. And then they need to roll their, they need to uh, find out their IQ and they roll it and they have to do it secretly with a calculator because you need to, now, now the Magic Square can be anything from zero to 150 because we didn't need the minus numbers now that we moved into this version. You need a calculator to add up the square. Because you have to have minus science in it. So we did this. And okay, so they have a number. I'm going to try and guess it. I roll again. But this time, as I roll, 
Alex or Francis is next to the screen with the number pad and they're pushing the numbers that I'm calling in. So I go, oh, it's 32, and they can push 32 on the screen, appears 32. They go, oh, it's 16. 16 on the screen, appears 16. So that's how they, that's why the computer's not doing the I trick. See. Okay. So we do this all. Oh, I didn't win again. I, I died. What was your number? They tell me, oh, my God, that's my lucky number. Well, look at all these ways it matches. And they go, yeah, okay, that's good. <laughs> uh, how long was the standing ovation? What here's the worst thing. At the beginning, it got a standing ovation. It did it. At the beginning, it did. The more I worked in it, the less it's got a standing ovation. <laughs> now, at the beginning of the show, we bring down the treasure chest. In the treasure chest is a red envelope with like two openings, which have been sealed, and the spectator signs them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see this is a cashier's check. For every single dollar I've won on America's Got Talent, that goes in a pouch. <laughs> then I say, "Can you feel in the pouch?" And they say, "Yeah." What, I say, "What do you feel?" They feel like they go, "Oh, it's something like is it like something in plastic?" Okay, we'll, we'll find that later on. Then there's an ancient scroll which got writing on it, goes in, and then their phone goes in. Okay, that goes in a box up to the ceiling. At the end of the trick, that was the number. I'm alive again. I say, "But technically, I didn't win." So you get the treasure. We bring it down. And they rip off the seals. seals, and it says, to the champion of Las Vegas, wherever we're playing. And then it's rip it open, and it's their Dungeons and, their Dragons and Dummies name, uh-huh. right? And they open the check, and I say, it's everything I've won minus costs. <laughs> and so it's like, whatever number they said, $69, printed on a cash, like, beautiful uh-huh. cashier's check. That's there. Then the plastic thing was an action figure called Dragons and Dummies Mystery Opponent, and it's got a foil sealed bag in, they rip it open, they rip open the foil sealed bag, and there in, in Lego is, say, Magic Mike uh, waving a sword that they chose, and he's, he's afraid of snakes mm-hmm. or something, okay, in Lego. All of that's there. Then is the scroll that, like, says thank you to everyone who's been on stage. How's that doing? I mean, it's doing fine. But you know what it needs? What? You know what it needs. What does it need? 50 shows. 50 shows, yeah. Yeah. And it's that like you go on tour and you're doing like five shows in a row mm-hmm. and it got a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then we're back to doing one show a week and it's like, hmm. But it's not in the Vegas show. It can't be. It's like 45 minutes. Yeah. I do think there's something there. It is nice. It is nice to do stuff over and over again. But that's the, uh, that's the only way I've found of getting good. I mean, I think comics do it two ways. Some comics go up with nothing and just talk until they have material. Mm -hmm. And other comics, right, 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 go up and test it. It's like an exam. Then they take notes on what didn't work and then go back and right, right, right. They don't just keep going up each night without the writing of the data. What do you guys do? I think what we usually do is we start with an idea that's grabbing us. And then we work on the trick so it gets acceptable. And then I go out and kind of explain the idea, and we do the trick, and then slowly jokes emerge. Right. Yeah. It's very complicated because I'm trying to please the audience, but I also am trying to please myself. Right. So you, I'll say something one night that gets a huge laugh, 
and everybody in the crew and teller is very, very relieved. Then the next night, it's not in there because it didn't feel right to me. <laughs> I cut a lot of stuff that gets laughs. Right. It just doesn't feel right to me. But, you know, our show now is almost all new since last time you saw it. So how long does it take you to get comfortable with a bit in your show now? It used to take a really long time. Right. But now, now I would say 10 shows. Wow. Yeah. And then, of course, it goes longer. It gets, it gets more polish. Right. What I, what's, what's amazing in writing magic tricks is how elusive, to me, I'm not speaking in general, how elusive to me it is to say the simplest thing. I will start out going, um, well, for this, we're going to need a deck of cards, and I have a deck of cards here, and I want you all to look at this deck of cards. I have a deck of cards, and here we go. And then after a month, I'm going, cards. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing how uh, the easy takes takes longer. Yeah, it takes longer. And also, and also it's, it's, it's amazing for me how, how, how much the guilt wants to uh, get involved. So, you know, this trick, at the end of the show, we bring down the box. Hey, check out, everything's in this pouch. Check out, the seal's not broken, is it? Now, there's, there's still your name on it. And everyone's like, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's been in the, it's been in the, it's been in the chest up there. How do you expect anything to happen up there? And I'm like, right, but it hasn't, right? <laughs> yeah. But it hasn't. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. It's so easy in magic. I mean, probably the biggest mistake young magicians make, and they continue until they're old magicians, which is to run when no one's chasing you. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to prove that that deck is not gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. And no one has ever crossed their mind that the deck is gimmick. Right. And we need provers on this. No, you know, we just was working with Close on a trick in the show, right? Mike Close, who works on Fool Us with us, he's watching the videos because he's up in Canada. And he comes up with these amazing things. The trick is in the show and it's working. And he goes, well, you could have someone examine the ring before. And we go, what are you talking about, Close? He goes, oh. No, no one's no one's chasing you there, either. Right. We go, no, no one's no one's chasing us. But magicians will do that all the time. All the time, because you're all you're so busy closing doors that you keep closing doors that don't have to be. Right. Yeah, you just close any door. Oh, look at this door. <laughs> Gotta close it. We have to eliminate the possibility that the CIA has bugged everybody. It got to the point where I was writing lines to justify. I was like, well, you know, because there might be like magical termites in the treasure chest up there that are secretly interfering with the... Oh, I should just stop this. <laughs> <laughs> it's signed. We're done. We're done. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know why we signed it, though. <laughs> I mean, why are you signing something that you put in a pouch that goes up there? Yeah. You're running when no one's chasing you. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's up there and it's safe and the audience is assuming that, you shouldn't need anything else. Right? Well, that's the thing. The other thing is that... the longer I've done this, the, the better the people around me have got. Not me. <laughs> the better the people around me. So now, this is like, you know, that's that classic master prediction chest thing. But we remade it from scratch. You know, we bought one and I couldn't use it. So we remade one from scratch and it looks like nothing. Now it looks exactly as it should. There's just nothing to see. And it's it's kind of difficult to be like, what should I talk about? There's nothing to see. <laughs> hey, you remember that pouch? 
Yeah, pick it up. Mm-hmm. Now open it. You kind of want to say to the audience, no, you don't understand, guys. Do you understand how there's nothing to see? Do you understand how difficult it is to get there to be nothing to see? Because usually there's a little crinkle. Yeah. <laughs> something's not quite right. Yeah, the idea that you want, that's the thing in magic. You know, right. that, that's, that's the difference between juggling and magic. In juggling, you get credit. Right. For what you're doing. Right. In magic, you get credit for something you're not doing. Right. And you don't get any credit for the stuff you are doing. Right. Also, there's all these places in the show where you talk about other people around you getting better, where we start out with penable vamp until this is done. Right? Right. And so I'm getting better at vamping. I have better and better jokes, and they're getting faster and faster. <laughs> So as I get better material, they're cutting my material. So it's right. down to. Yeah. And also, that's also true with money. You know, I mean, when you've got like copper fuel props that look like, you know, giant robots from Saturn. Yeah. You know, he gets credit for the money he spends. Right. You know, we roll out pieces of shit. Yeah, me too. That cost us, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. And I mean, that makes to my sensibility that makes the trick better but it's also kind of heartbreaking so you just go and you buy uh, like an old chair and you buy a you just you, you, i mean you don't spend anything on your props no yeah we spent a lot on that yeah, we actually made the old chair because we, <laughs> we spent months scouring every furniture shop for the perfect chair and we couldn't find one so in the end, we had somebody make one, and the first one they did wasn't good enough. So they made four versions of it, and even now they're speaking about remaking it because they're not sure about the height of it. It's just like, oh. And we've now crossed $60,000. Yeah. And there's an old chair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I had to do an article. We didn't have to. But um, uh, for the UK, it was all about money. It was pretty gross because they were just saying, so how much money do you have? How much do you own? I was like trying to dodge every bullet around. But I, I was happy to talk about the magic stuff. But it's bananas. You know, you talk about these tricks and they just look, you know, they're good and nice tricks. But maybe you could say there's $1,000 of props on there. Yeah. And you're talking like 100 grand of, 100 grand's gone into it. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's just brutal. It's brutal. It's brutal. Now, have you ever looked up on the web how much you're worth? Uh Yes. Don't you wish it were true? Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. I look on there and it's like Pendulette's worth $80 million. No, it's more, much more than that. Is it more than that? Yeah. I'll look for you now. I'll look for you now so you can. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really, really fun because you go, can we just make it so that that's the way it has to be, that it has to be true? Jaded people on email usually say $200 million for you. Oh, yeah. It's $175 million. 175 million. Yeah, I mean, whatever you're doing is going down, so you're on the right track. <laughs> 200 million. And then why is that? Is it because you don't, you don't, I think if you start doing things like buying ridiculous cars and things, it will go, your net worth will go up. Yeah. Well, they're just journalists. They're not forensic accountants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are they even journalists or are they just some 12 year old in a basement? They're internet journalists. Yeah. Uh huh. And they just, where do they think they're getting the facts from? They're only judging income. They have no idea what expenses oh, are. Oh, I see. So what they're doing is they're, they're saying the Penn and Teller Theater has 1,500 seats. Yeah, sold and, every night. And they have, it's $100 a seat. Yeah. And 
They don't even probably know enough to divide that in half. Right. <laughs> Never Correct. mind not having expenses. They just leave the other one off for right. teller. He gets all of it. Right. I mean, that's that's what they usually used to do with contracts in Vegas. You know, Lance Burton would say he just signed a $150 million contract. And that's the way they would try to justify that. Every seat is sold out at right. full price and there are no expenses. Right. That's the contract he gets. We're not sold out every night at full price. Are you? Uh, no, no, not not at the moment. But what, I mean, do you have a do you have a do you have something that is burning your money? Because that's also good. I think I see these people who who you know when they're getting up there, five hundred million, seven hundred million. They're the ones who are running the jets and the the horses. And what do you think is burning my money, Piff? The same thing that burns everyone's money. <laughs> I have a family. Right. Well, they need to do better. They need to work harder. <laughs> if you want your net worth to go up, you know, they've got to get some hobbies <laughs> and expensive ones. the internet would report if I drove, I can't even think of the name of a fancy car. Lamborghini, is that a fancy name? Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I drove a Lamborghini, I'd go to $250 million, right? I think I, no, you go to more, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because you were 275 what did we just agree? 175. 175, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they'd be like, well, he, he, look at all the stuff he can afford. Yeah. Whereas you drive around in, in your Mini, right? Mini Cooper. Yeah, so then that Electric. journalist is like, oh, times are tough for Penn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> his partner's really, really nailing down his half of the bargain. I really don't think they're even looking at it at that level. Maybe uh, it's multiplying. Because Norm MacDonald famously gambled all his money away all the time, mm-hmm. published that in his books, and they still didn't take that into account. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, one year they they rang, the Forbes people rang me up to see if I was going to make it on the list, and I did not make it on the list. Well, they, they call us up, and I believe we're the only ones who give real numbers. Have you ever looked at the Forbes list of what Chris Angel gives them for numbers? No, I haven't. It's really funny. Chris Angel says, you know, my studio has generated... $150 million this month. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you do in your studio, Chris? I, I you know, I, stuff. Right. I think like David is always always saying, oh, you know, I've got islands and I've got this and I've got that. He's like, he's like telling them all of that is hidden assets. <laughs> well, you know, it's what, it's what Trump would say. Trump would say, right. my buildings are worth what I say they're worth. Right. Yeah. Until you try to sell them. Right. And they're not worth so much anymore. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Hey, guess what I got? What do you got? 
I got a ninja creamy. I don't know. I, I only vaguely know what any of those words mean. Ninja. Ninja. Is a brand uh-huh. of food making products. Uh-huh. And a creamy is a word they made up to justify calling this product an ice cream maker. Uh-huh. It's it's an ice cream maker. It's bana- bananas. Bananas. Here's what it is. You ready? Yeah. Now, listen, just listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. You take your protein shake. Uh-huh. Your pro- your post-workout protein shake. Uh-huh. Okay. You put it in a tub, you freeze it overnight. You freeze it in a pot. So now you have a pot of frozen protein shake. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's in your protein shake? Like protein power. Power. Protein protein powder. It can be anything. It can be water. It can be you just have it with oat milk sometimes. Usually I just have it with water. Okay. But no fruit added to it. No, no fruit, right? You see so then you leave it for twenty four hours and then you connect it to this thing and it's got a drill in it. You know that the the boring machines that they're using to bore through Vegas? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like one of them. And it's goes smaller. No, it's the same size. <laughs> There are drawbacks to this machine. <laughs> I should have started with that. So it's something. Well, how, how is it? What, where? where uh, you're not explaining well at all. Cut the pot. You just attach it. To okay. the, it's like, it's it like, is a specially made. It's like a face hugger on the <laughs> yeah. on, on on the ninja uh, creamy machine. Just, so they give you the the, the 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 container. The container. You're gonna put your stuff in and freeze it. Freeze it. Now, you pull out the frozen stuff. Has and to you be level. Screw it on. Has to be level. Okay. Right. Has to be level. Well, but, liquid seeks its own level. Well, yeah, that's good. So that's why it has to be level. <laughs> so then you put it on and it goes. <laughs> but it just screws on. That half a screw. Okay. And it's twi- horizontal or vertical? twist and fit. It's actually at an angle. Okay. Twist and fit on right. You just want to make that noise, don't you? Takes three minutes. Three minutes? Yeah. That's a long time. And then you do it again. You put it back in the container? No, you just press it, run it again. Uh-huh. Why and do you run it twice? To get the consistency. Why don't they just have it run six minutes? I don't know. Huh. You press it again. Nine minutes. Uh-huh. Then you take out this thing, you put it in a bowl, and it is... Protein shake ice cream. Is it good? Yeah, it's really good. So this is like, uh, this is like guilt-free ice cream. Uh huh. So like, I'm working out, working out, whatever. Maybe at the end of the day, I don't have a meal. Instead, I'm gonna have a protein shake. Not anymore. I'm gonna have a bowl of protein shake ice cream. Just like scoop it out. Tastes exactly like ice cream. I guess this is what what is called churning. Uh huh. I don't know how ice cream is made. Yeah. Do you? Uh, no. I know there's salt involved and straw because Arnold Schwarzenegger's ice cream place is called Salt and Straw. Because they originally made it with salt and straw. Well, not anymore. No. Now it's just protein shake and, and Elon Musk's boring machine. Why is it so hard? Why can't you just take your protein shake, put it in the freezer, and then eat it? Have you tried that? No. Well... If you try these things before you ask them, <laughs> even if you stop and think about these things before you ask them, you know, honestly, that was really a frozen object. You're like, clunk, 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 clunk. So you're adding air to it. You're churning it. Whatever what the, does churning mean? That's why I asked you. <laughs> what does churning mean, Ready? It's type of folding. There you go. Type of folding. Yeah, it's that, and it's just like 
folds it into ice cream. But no, if you don't want it, if you do it less, it's like a soft serve. I see. But you want it to be real ice cream. Mm-hmm. And it's called a uh, Ninja Creamy? Yeah. And they're sold out everywhere because of TikTok. Ah, did you do a TikTok on it? No, I just, no. Do you, yeah. do, do, you do TikTok? No. I just, I've, I've really. You used to do them. I used to do them. Yeah, my, my children used to tell yeah. me, Pip, did another TikTok. Yeah, um, and they were really successful. Mm-hmm. And they just, it was me and Zach used to do them. They used to take us like three or four hours a day. Mm-hmm. And probably one in five blew up. Pretty good hit rate. Mm-hmm. We used to want to just not be alive anymore. Oh, they're hard? They just sold it. I, I want to I perform to an audience. Mm-hmm. And now all I see is people performing to cameras. Yeah. And not, and not, not camera people. <laughs> <laughs> not camera people. Their own cameras that they've stuck on a wall. Mm-hmm. They perform one thing and then they take it and they stick it on another wall and they perform the other angle to it. And then they perform another thing. And it's just like, this This is what we're doing now? And they edit it together. Yeah. Well, the other thing that's big, somebody else does that. And then the end of the video, some guy just goes, huh? And like has like a stupid expression on his face and does that for every single viral video. So their channel just gets masses and masses of views and followers. And then they go out on tour and sell real tickets because... Of these videos they've made. They're just going, huh? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, the only TikToks I like are the ones that Moxie sends me. And they are ones of animals, you know. Right. Silly animals. Though. Yeah. Anim- I don't watch the trick stuff. No, animals can do no wrong. Yeah. You know, you see a duck runs into a pond. That's a yeah. four-second video. Yeah, that, that dog just fell over. <laughs> that rabbit fell off the table. Right, exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's, but. And during that whole time, the Chinese are gathering information <laughs> on you. Because <laughs> TikToks are now illegal in what, Utah? In somewhere. And one state made them illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a guy work for us for a bit doing some web consultancy. And he was a big, big conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, the Chinese, they're sending the dumbest TikToks to us. The dumbest ones. Those go to America. And all the smart science TikToks they keep for the Chinese. So that the Chinese are learning on TikTok. They're like learning how to build spaceships. Or all the like bunnies falling off tables are going to America. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere in an office, there's like some Chinese government agent spent their lives training, you know, to work in espionage going, oh, bunny falling off table, America. <laughs> Learn how to make soup, China. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the most reasonable explanation for our culture that I've heard. Exactly. (laughs) Is that why our Pornhub also covers mostly incest? I don't don't understand that about porn at all. It covers mostly incest? Incest is all over porn. Really? Yeah. I don't don't know anybody has interest in that. And yet it's like the first thing that pops up. Really? I've heard. Yeah. (laughs) Man. Someone in China. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Going, my hot stepsister, US. Straight, reproductive sex, China. 
Stepsister doesn't count as incest, though. Well, it does on that. That's what they always mean on these. What do you mean? It always says stepsister. No, I know, but that's like you can you can have sex with your stepsister, right? I don't. I don't have a stepsister, so that would. I, well, neither, I don't have any, but <laughs> if we did, I had a uh, I had a, a, a woman friend that I knew. Uh, she said that when she was seventeen, her mother was dead. And her father started dating a uh, woman, uh, and they moved in together. And the woman had a 17-year-old son. <laughs> so she said, they just moved a sex partner in to the house for me. Right. And she said, it was, I'd never heard of anybody having a story like that where it worked out. All right. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. But I don't know what the Chinese are doing on that. Yeah, but this, yeah, I, I, I just don't think you claim that as incest. Okay. I guess I build myself as an expert on incest <laughs> at the beginning of this, and I think I misspoke. Right. So you're telling me when you go to Pornhub. <laughs> go, just type in porn. Just type in the word porn on the internet. Right. And see if any, any, any stuff like that pops up. Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't know why that is part of the uh, oh yeah that's that's yeah of the of the attraction right I don't know why that is even I think proximity in. yeah I I guess so except are are people really attracted to other people in their family and think oh I'm gonna I don't know I don't know they're why. in their family I but no but that they're fantasizing about it right what no no what's I don't understand what's going on in your head what do you mean so. Okay, my hot stepsister. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's super hot. I'm gonna sleep with her. Right. right. She's not in your family. Right. But when you're looking for porn, why is the word stepsister in there at all instead of my this hot person I'm gonna have sex with? You're gonna watch. Because there are, probably there are so many families that got divorced and then remarried. So now yeah. mixed kids in there. There are enough of those kids who who are probably thinking. But God, we presume they're lying. The people what? who are making the porn, right? It's not really someone's stepsister. Why are they choosing to have that lie? Because there are probably a ton of little kids out there going, God, I wish I could have sex with my stepsister. But are there are there attractive stepsisters living with all these people? I think probably. No. What are you kidding no. me? No. What? No. What? How many how many divorced families are there? Uh uh in this country? Yeah. Hundred million. Hundred million, right? So that means you got you got I can't do the math. Twenty five million yeah. boys, boys or girls, but they're not looking at uh, staring what? at another twenty five million boys or girls, whatever anyone chooses to identify these days, and they're going, "Hey, there's not much on TV today." Mm -hmm. Maybe but, we should no, get but they're up. not doing that because if they were doing that, they wouldn't be searching the web for porn. Exactly. Exactly. And so what they're doing is. Because they feel a bit, like, you know, embarrassed to say, hey, let's do that. Mm -hmm. They just go to the web and go, hey, what would happen if? Oh, I see. So you've explained this whole thing. Right. Without China, Occam's razor worked perfectly. <laughs> you don't need China. Just like the TikTok thing doesn't need China. If it because, was... Because Americans want to see <laughs> rabbits fall off tables. Yes, that's true. But... If it was actual incest clips, then, then we'd have to go back to China. Okay. So, ready? was it actual incest or was it just... 
Yeah, you're the one that started this, Randy. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I've been trying to interrupt this whole time. (laughs) I don't know. What I'm saying is when I'm searching the web, I'm avoiding that stuff. Yeah, you're avoiding stepsister. Yeah, I I just don't think think that's that's a good thing to... I think it's not, not interesting at all. Right. That's like when Jonesy said, this is one of the most amazing moments of my life. Jonesy said like recently, by recently I mean 15 years ago, Jonesy said, you know, I can't find any topless pictures on the web. <laughs> and Paul said, what? And it turned out that the fool had set his safe search. <laughs> and didn't know there was some sort of safe search. So he didn't know why, how other people, he thought you had to go to the dark web or something. He thought there was a whole elaborate <laughs> process. There was a there was a basement to the to the internet. Yeah, he thought that there was, uh, and then we turned off the um, the safe search, and we didn't hear from Jonesy for two weeks. <laughs> so, are you going to do Barbenheimer? Nah, how long is it? It's like five hours. Well, Barbie is two hours. Yeah, and Oppenheimer is three hours. Yep. And you got trailers, so it ends up being about a seven hour commitment. Oh, I didn't think I no. Uh, but we did it right. My son had the hat yeah. and the cigarette yeah. and not a smile. And I went dressed in all pink. Yeah, oh, good. And we went and um, we saw Barbie first, which I recommend really strongly. Yeah. See Barbie first and then Oppenheimer. Barbie is a cute, silly, a little bit offensive movie. Okay. And Oppenheimer is like serious. I mean, it's the end of the world. And it's really amazing because it's the atomic bomb. And they think they might light up the whole atmosphere. And during these hearings that they're having to judge Oppenheimer afterwards, they bring up his womanizing. And you want to say, yeah, he, he might have had sex with someone's not his wife, but he also might have ignited the atmosphere that a chain reaction and eliminated planet Earth. <laughs> and they go, well, she wasn't his wife. Another physicist's wife. And you want to go, could we get back? To the people of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Can we get back to that. So there was, so because this is what I've always wondered about atomic bombs is like when that chain reaction stops. Yeah, well, they didn't know it was gonna. Who are these people who push go? <laughs> I know they, they are. They were nervous. They were very nervous. It was very, very, very unlikely that the chain reaction would never stop. Right, but. There's a great scene where Oppenheimer's talking to the general, General Matt Damon. And uh, he says, what are the chances the chain reaction just keeps going? And he says, very close to zero. And he says, close to zero? And then Oppenheimer says something like, yes, what would you want? To which the general replies, zero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I haven't got the lines exactly right, but it's... It's very, very funny. And we have Robert Downey Jr. back. Hey. You know, Robert Downey Jr., really one of the greatest actors. Right. And then he did Iron Man for 10 years right. and made a shit ton of money. But oh, so much money. We, I wonder what his net worth is. <laughs> <laughs> but in Oppenheimer, he's back. Uh, acting, acting his little Robert Downey Jr. ass off with his stepsister. He's, uh, he's, just, he's, just, he's just great.
Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. You'll never guess what his uh, net worth is. No, I don't. What is it? It's 300 million. Oh. So you're close. I'm very close to Robert Downey Jr.'s. Yeah. But other people always seem to have more money because you're not aware of their expenses. Right. Because Robert Downey Jr. clearly has a hairpiece in uh, Oppenheimer, and that costs money. Right. That might be 50 bucks right there. Gone. But Oppenheimer was real. There's a thing, there's a moment in Oppenheimer that I want to just tell people when they set off the atomic bomb, the first one, Trinity, out in the desert, and they're far away. They're like 10 miles away. They're not lighting in the fuse and they're running. <laughs> no, no. Close. They're like 10 miles away, right? There's this incredible scene. They hit the button and you see all this fire for like a really long time, like 15 seconds. You just hear the chirps of the desert with this huge explosion. And you think, oh, uh, the director's made an artistic choice to not play the sound, right? right. And then the sound hits. And it is incredible in a, in a big theater. It is incredible how loud they get everything going full. And when I went to see the, um, the space launch, I've seen two shuttles go up, right? Yeah. There's an amazing moment because you are the closest you can view it is like two miles maybe? I've forgotten. But it's a ways away, okay? So you're, when I saw it, it was like dawn, yeah. right? Yeah. And you're looking out at a rocket you can just see, and it's hard to see. And then you hear over the announcement, Two, one, ignition. And you see instantly this, and it's the brightest thing you've ever seen, and it's really far away, and there's billows of smoke. And you stand there going, huh, that's really weird. Because that looks like it would make a big sound, and yet it's absolutely, <laughs> and you have time for that whole thought process. So I wrote an essay about comedy timing, being the difference in the speed of light and the speed of sound over five miles. Because it really is enough time to formulate completely in your head, geez, I, I'm still hearing crickets and birds. Seems like it should be loud. And that's what you see. It's the best representation of that in Oppenheimer. Because they're standing there and they're looking and they're seeing just the whole horizon. Everything is just nothing but fire and smoke. And you hear... 
and you go, I guess they've made an artistic. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's really, it's really remarkable. It's really great. And the guy playing Oppenheimer is wonderful. And they also do something that hasn't been done in movies in a long time. Uh, you probably don't know, but there's, I just saw this recently. You know the movie Blow Up? Uh, uh, yeah, from back in the day. From the 60s, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in the movies in the late 60s, early 70s, they do all these scenes with naked people for a long time. Like people walk around their apartments topless. Right. And that has just gone away. Because in movies, if they do a shot of nudity, they decide it. it's exactly during sex and exactly this angle and all of that stuff. And there's, you know, it, it's all negotiated and it's all done. They do a scene that I almost stood up and applauded for in Oppenheimer, where Oppenheimer is, uh, you know, skinny scientist. He'd become deaf, destroyer of worlds. And he's sitting in a chair in a hotel room. And he is talking to a woman who he's just had sex with in the, in, the, in, in the room about communism, right? And she's in another chair in the hotel room. Stepsister? My stepsister. And they're both entirely naked. And, it, of course, it's, it really bothered me. He has his legs crossed and stuff. But that's just a rating thing. Right. But they're both naked. And she is not talking about sex or her body or anything. She's just talking about communism and whether she's joining the party or what they should be doing. And that's what he's talking about. And it really made me nostalgic for those movies in the seventies, which were like real people, you know, you'd see people walking around with a shirt and no pants and having a conversation about something else because that's the way life is. But they've taken that away from movies and every one of the naked shots has to be I mean, not that this wasn't beautifully lit and everything, but all the naked shots are like backlit and da 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 da. There's this much time. And I like that in Oppenheimer. And I, I was really disappointed because they showed the woman talking first. And I said, oh, they're going to have the woman naked. And that's good. But, you know, he's going to be like in a robe. And they do the reverse shot and he's sitting there naked. And I almost cheered in the audience. <laughs> yeah. Because the, uh, the guy playing Oppenheimer, you wouldn't think. So what parts did you get, Piff? Well, it looks like I got the part of playing Oppenheimer, but there's a lot of nudity. (laughs) You wouldn't think that. No. And it's a good thing. But when you see Oppenheimer, and I hope you see it in the theater and not on your home equipment, because I have good home equipment, but it's nothing like that roar you're going to hear when the atomic bomb goes up. Maybe we'll go see it on Tuesday on on Jade and I's date night. Yeah. It'll be that or Barbie. I try and... I try and persuade her. I would, I would push it hard towards Oppenheimer. Because Barbie is, they got some really good jokes, and it looks beautiful. And it has this weird thing. I, I came out of Barbie, which is really strange. I came out of Barbie feeling freaked out and disquieted. And I came out of Oppenheimer feeling pretty good. <laughs> but Because um, Barbie, it's like everything is irony now. And everything right. is self-referential. So the, it's a Mattel movie, right? Right. But in the movie, there's the executives from Mattel trying to figure out how to sell stuff. And like that makes it okay, right? I mean, it's, oh, we've, we've referenced it. So it's fine. Right. You know, so it's like, I'm going to hustle you now and I'm saying I'm going to hustle you. So it's funny that I'm hustling you. And that, that kind of bugged me a little bit. Yeah. It's not. 
Cynicism is not the right word, and irony is not the right word, but it's something. And someone, and commercialism is not the right word, but it's something, and it's something that disquieted me tremendously. Whereas the arms race and blowing up the entire world made me feel like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is acting again. <laughs> yeah, but on some, on some level, somebody's, somebody's going, hey, hey, I want your money. Yeah. See, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this to get your money. Yeah. Now, you don't need this. <laughs> you're just going to... You're just going to get it so I get your money. You know, when you start tapping into that, it's really unpleasant. You know, oh, yeah. when you start, when you like, you're exercising, so you're watching TV that has commercials, which is the only time I see TV commercials, right. and they just say, happiness is the Ford truck. Right. You just go, are they really saying that outright? Yeah. Like they don't, like someone's typing that and going, happiness is the Ford truck. And I think, aren't you supposed to conceal that? Aren't you supposed to say we're selling a really safe, efficient, reasonable truck, and all oh, the people in the truck look happy? No, they say it outright. Yeah, there's not. I don't think now it's just like buy this, feel good. <laughs> the other day I bought a, a robe for a monk. Uh huh. Are you a monk? No. You want to wear a robe? It's like a dressing gown. Uh-huh. This is designed for a monk. Well, don't you sit naked like Oppenheimer? Well, what happens is I get up in my morning, I do my morning meditation, uh -huh. and I thought, yeah, I'll do it in a monk's robe. <laughs> <laughs> so, Piff, what dates have you got coming up? I mean dates with your stepsister. Dates with my stepsister. No, I mean, what, what shows you doing? We're in Vegas until end of September. We do a private in September, and we do one day in Turlock in California. So you're not doing as many runouts as you used to do? Well, over the summer, we don't, we don't usually. Uh -huh. And then we kick back in. Then we're doing the, the old Penn and Teller schedule with Dark Thursday, Friday. Uh -huh. So we do five shows in Vegas, Dark Thursday, Friday, and then we're, we're, we're filling those weekends. Oh, okay. And seeing everything's weird. It's like... You know, there are still a million shows on the road from COVID, and mm -hmm. it's all just—it's all just a crazy place now. Yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to do our UK though. We did our UK. Yeah, and that we, went well. We paid, went really well. Right. I mean, I don't know why we play in the US when we're more popular in the UK. Right. Yeah. See, I know why I play in the US. <laughs> <laughs> and we started a uh, few people. I talked about your accent with, and a few people agreed that your accent is slipping. Yeah. Yeah, but when I was in the UK and hadn't left, people would always say, oh, you sound like you're, you're from New Zealand or Australia. or So I think it's just been a common thing. Okay, so it's, it's been a problem for a while. Yeah. It's not what Vegas did to you. It's in general. It's in general. It's not eating protein shake ice cream that's doing it. No. No. Well, good. So people can come see. I know I send people all the time, as you know, yeah? to your show. Yeah. I hope they mention it. Did I get, do, do I get good reports? Incredible reports. Oh, good. Uh, sometimes, sometimes from my children, annoyingly good reports. Right. I sure do like that man. Oh, he's good. Piff is really, really funny. I I got to go back with my friends because he's really, really well. You know, there's 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 our show. Yeah, we got new bits. <laughs> yeah. No, they love you. Absolutely love you. Oh, good. Uh, I don't think I've ever said anybody to your show is disappointed. Oh. I don't think I've ever ever had that happen. 
or they have reported back to me, but they wouldn't, of course, because they know we're good friends. But I don't think it's happened. I don't think it's happened. I just sent Macaulay Culkin to your show. Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Did he come? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And then we're also doing a couple of TV things, which you can't mention yet, but we've got three 20-minute tricks that need to be three to seven minutes, three uh -huh. to five minutes. So yeah. that's an issue. Yeah, it's hard to cut stuff out. They always say, when well, we like do Fallon and stuff. Yeah. They say, we want a brand new trick that you've never done, never been seen anywhere. We want it to have a gigantic prop. Yeah, can you be on and off in a minute and a half? Yeah. yeah. That's always the rules. Yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff. We want you to never have done it before. We want good video. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's all, all that all that strikey stuff is uh, not, not great. Yeah, but it's not us. Isn't that weird? Yeah, but it's uh, we've had a bunch of things to promote all this year, a bunch of things that we've like we're not talking about that are happening mm -hmm. to save for one of these big shows. So we're just sitting on stories. Yeah. When's it going to end? The strike. Yeah. Uh, I had someone say to me in the business. He said, "Well, I'm really optimistic. I say end of year." Yeesh. Yeesh. Yeah. You don't have to. Well, I'm really optimistic. I don't think we're going to blow up the whole world. Yeah, oh, man. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like they're playing with fire because, yeah. uh, like Oppenheimer, because uh, movies aren't doing that well. And if they right. get people out of the habit of going to movies when they're already out of the habit of going to movies, it right. could be really bad. Yeah. I, but, you know, equally, I think they're fighting against the future, which is I would like Pendulette to be in a movie with his stepsister. <laughs> Return. Oppenheimer will be there watching. <laughs> and Bobby will be disapproving. It will be 57 minutes long. <laughs> Plot not required. <laughs> Return. Return. And then it, that's what you get to see. Yeah, but isn't that a little bit like John Henry, you know, fighting the steam engine? I mean, we all know how that comes out. Well, he, he sat with this stepsister yeah exactly john henry had his stepsister can we talk about that a little bit what because i think they're going about it the wrong way well talk the, about the them. threat of chat gpt mm -hmm. they need to make this in copyright court yeah copyright well sarah silverman is sarah silverman is in copyright court right now saying that um all chat but chat but all uh, chatbots steal uh steal her uh, book right which is true if you're searching all the web, all our stuff is being stolen by every, every, uh, every AI, right? It's, it's a magic trick that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're just saying, make it not too on the nose. Right. That's all they're doing. Yep. Right. Plagiarize, but make it hard for us to tell you're plagiarizing. Yep. Plagiarize from enough that you can't tell, which is arguably what all human beings are doing all the time in every single thing they say. But let's not open that. <laughs> let's not do that, American Prometheus. <laughs> also, I want to tell people, because I knew him, and because he is arguably the coolest person in the Manhattan Project, you will see when you see Oppenheimer, two scenes with a bongo player in the background. That's Richard Feynman. Oh. That's who's they're representing Richard Feynman. And Richard Feynman has two different actors playing him, from one from The Boys and one from somewhere else, and all they do is hit bongos. They don't even have a line. Right. But, you know, you kind of say... Boy, that's weird. Why is that bongo player there? And that's because Richard Feynman played bongos all the time. 
during meetings and everything. He also cracked all the safes. That was his hobby was safe cracking. Right. He, he would crack the safes at, at the nuclear project, right? The Trinity project. He cracked the safe, pull out all the secret information, put it on the guy's desk. Because, you know, Feynman was like young. He was like 22, 23. Right. Uh, and he was in the Manhattan Project playing bongos, cracking safes, and, uh, you know, uh, hanging out. He was, he, was, he was somewhat helpful, but when he, when he reports it, you know, he wasn't one of the major scientists there. He was just playing bongos. Playing bongos. But if you wanted to pick, I'm, I'm going to go and be in a project to create an atomic bomb uh, that will change the world forever. And I'm going to play bongos all the time. I mean, can you think of a more annoying thing? He could have been doing card tricks, I suppose. Yeah. I wonder what the pay scale was. I don't know. Boom. So, you think we're going to blow up the whole world? It's, um, it's a pretty good movie. I'll report back. Much less pink than Barbie. Much less. Much less pink. I'm trying to think if there's a scene that features pink in Oppenheimer. I think there might be like one sunrise. Maybe not. There, there's a different color palette. You know when they do the, um, on movies, they do those things where this is the kind of colors you're going to be using? Yeah. I didn't know that until just recently. Right. I'm just saying if you looked at the palettes for Barbie and Oppenheimer. There'd be a slight difference. Be, you'd be able to tell. Yeah. Which one of these is which? That was Oppenheimer. <laughs> and Barbie's got my stepsister in it. That was Ben Sunday School. That was Ben Sunday School. Cha-cha-cha. You become naked, like Oppenheimer. How great would Oppenheimer be if everyone renewed for the whole movie? Yeah. That's where it should be. That was, hey, you want to make a nuclear weapon? Take off your clothes. If you want to be a nuclear weapon maker, take off your clothes. Yeah, yeah. Less posing. Yeah. You know, we love you. Hey, Matt Donnelly, you got anybody to thank? I want to thank the following people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. They make sure this podcast is actually possible to keep going. So thank you so much to Charlie Sheets. No shit, Sherlock, but not Shelley Ruger. Timothy Carver. Jenny loves pen like pen loves Dylan. Aw. Then there's this asshole. Steve Bracegirdle, Coach Rat Bastard, Iron Balls McGinty, <laughs> Grayson Shore, Will Jason, Dave, I want to figure your cunt Brenner, Tristan Connett, Mason Gooch, Sagebrush, Matthew Mishu, Luke Mellon, Eileen Hunter, Jason Andrew Davidson, Peter B. Clark, Matt Williams, Soapy Fresh, Dan Griffith, Brad Sherlag, Mike Cavanaugh, Rafiki, Steve Feldman, Jonathan P., NewRuleFX.com, Eric M. Ryan, Krista Hatchaby Loop McKinney, Danny Insert Meta Joke Here Ruse, Matthew O'Sullivan, Little Mandar. Is it a scoop for picking up crazy cat ladies or a scoop that looks like a crazy cat lady? All right. Jobathar Bowers, Adam Stickney, Sax Guy Jimmy D, Nathan Julian, Jeremy from Shanghai, Christopher Harris, Petty Officer Scoop. Daniel, a couple of weeks old, I know, but I wonder if the Pornhub magician is Chris Angel. Well, he has a question. David K. Blue Drinks Film says, clear your cookies, baby. 
Brandon Knapp, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, Lancey Menchu, and Stephen White. Thank you so much. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 